You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Mike Lewis. Good morning, everybody. Can you believe it's been 35 years? Dean, would you stand? Can you believe 35 years ago? What has God done? 35 years. Oh, by the way, they wanted me to tell you, too, that we are, we are eating together during this party, which is the last weekend of the month, I think, 30th. So they have food trucks coming. They have all kinds of jump castles for the kids. All that's going to be set up right to our left over here. So when you come, plan to hang around, and let's, uh, let's be together and, and eat together as well. All right, I want to talk to you for about the next 20 minutes about relationships, and relationships matter. They matter really more than most of us give attention to. You know, James started talking about this when he writes in James 4, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against, say it with me, one another, brothers. Could I add what's implied here too? Sisters. Don't talk bad about your brothers and sisters, your family. Now, James, he's a practical guy. The book of James is step-by-step practical. If you want to do something practical, if you're a concrete kind of person, James is your book. Don't do this, do this. Don't talk about one another, period. Don't be a gossip. Now, let let me, if I ask you, what is... What's the high bar in Christianity? What's the top level step? Or let me say it this way. If somebody didn't know anything about the Bible law, come and say, listen, I don't know anything about the Bible, about Jesus, all this stuff. Can you give me just just a a phrase or a sentence? Can you tell me what this thing is all about? What would you say? Probably you'd say the same thing Jesus said. Because they cornered Jesus the religious people, and they wanted to trap him, and they asked him that very question. Jesus broke the whole gospel, Old Testament, New Testament, down to a simple, simple, simple two principles. Number one, you love God. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yes? That's what it's all about, loving God. Turn your life over to God. Secondly, it's about loving one another. It's about love. And what James is saying here is, don't, hey, don't, don't take what is the core of Christianity, love, and not apply it in relationships. Don't do that, he said. Don't stop blowing the smoke. Stop pretending. Be real. Genuine. You love each other. It's all, it's all through Scripture. He goes on and he keeps saying this. All through Scripture. Matter of fact, he says in 1 Corinthians 13, there's faith, love, and hope, right? But the greatest of these is? So when it comes to relationships, be loving. Now, if that is what is, what is the core, then what is exactly the opposite? If God loves when we do that, what does he hate? Well, Proverbs gives us an idea. Here's what he says, God hates. Six things the Lord hates. Now, it doesn't say he doesn't like them. God what? Hates them. Here to go. 
EBS, even seven, they're an abomination to God, which means it's a really bad thing. A proud look. Hey, God's proudness just doesn't work with God. You're proud about what? Come on. Hands that shed innocent blood. He hates it. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. There are some people who just think up stuff, particularly, and I always have been, but in our day. Feet that runs uh, swift and in, in, uh, running to mischief, a false witness, a gossip, a liar, somebody who sows discord instead of harmony. He, he hates them. Love people. Don't do this to people. Don't talk about people. Don't lie to people. Don't lie about people. You love people. Relationships. Don't nitpick. Understand that God wants you to have the richness that comes from relationships. You can't have a relationship and have all this relationship destroying things a part of your life. As a matter of fact, let me just go ahead and say this and then I'll talk about the other positive stuff. If you have relationships, a group in your relationship, and there's a gossip in the group, Either you tell them and it stops or you can't relate to that person very close. You know why? There's a character issue. And they talk about somebody else. Guess what's going to happen next? Anybody tell me? You may not know what underside of the bus looks like right now, but you will find out. Because a lack of character is at play with you, and then you'll be, in fact, the recipient of that lack of character. So just don't do it. Just don't gossip. Don't listen. Don't do it. If somebody has this other stuff going on, don't do it. Now, what I want to do now is I want to describe relationships to you. There's several different ways to do this, but I want to describe it to you by using three circles. All right? First circle of relationships is your outer circle. And by the way, you can relate to a lot of people. But when you find somebody that's not safe, if you bring them into your inner world, into your core, then eventually that bomb is going to go off. Because a lack of character, you just can't stand it. It will show eventually. So you bring them in close, you can get hurt deeply. So you need to have some savvy about which circle people are in and how close you let them get to you. First circle, outer circle. Outer circle with people. That is people where you kind of loosely affiliate with, you know? You, you, they may be folks you work with. They may be folks who are down the street. Maybe folks you were in school with, maybe some folks at the church with. Just you become kind of, you know, buddies. And so you'd kind of relate in this outer circle. But there's limited depth in terms of interaction. Oh, you know what we can talk about all the time? The ball game. Nothing about me. Yeah. Right? Nothing about my heart. Nothing about how I'm doing. Huh? Let's keep it out there. Let's keep it about anything except depth and real. By the way, how did Clemson do yesterday? <laughs> See, we can talk about that. That gets deep with some people. <laughs> they're friends, <clears throat> but they're, they're, there's not much expectation of, of re, re, getting something back because you have a low investment. When you have a low investment, then you don't expect a lot back. But it's a low investment of time. You don't see them that often. Energy, whatever it is, but you... It's not, it's not big. Uh, very little kind of emotion 
are wrapped up in these kind of relationships. Because at work, you hate to see them go, but, you know, they go get another job. They leave, right? It's just, so it's just, that's just the way it is. People drift in and out of this. Loyalty is not the major issue because you haven't gone to a depth yet where loyalty is required. This outer circle. But that changes with this next group. This next group are the middle circle. And now you're moving in closer. This next ring is about the middle, about the middle group. And this is the category that most of us talk about. That's my friend. Oh, yeah, I, I know. That's my friend there. This is where most friendship are categorized. It's this middle circle made up of people who have touched your heart, touched your life, made a difference in you. These are, these are the people that we start having, you know, more depth in this middle second, section. These are folks who, if I talk to them and say, tell me about Sue, they'll say, okay, I, I know something about them. I know some of their history. I know some of their struggles. I'm their friend. And they've shared stories with me, and I have shared with them. Now, these friends, once you start moving to this level, this, this middle circle, this is where loyalty matters a lot. Because, see, these are relationships that keep your life vibrant, keep your life alive and meaning. These are the ones that you are doing life with, you're journeying with. These are, these are folks that you relate to spiritually and emotionally and, and family-wise. They're interested in your journey and how you're doing, and you're interested in their journey. They, you know, what's interesting about once you move to the inner circle, now, we all, everybody enjoys kind of helping everybody. But once you get to the inner circle, you, you don't mind serving these people. You, I mean, you will serve them. They will serve you. I mean, these, these, these are the folks that, that you enjoy helping. I mean, they have, these are folks who, chances are, that you have picked up their kids. You've gone to the hospital. You've kicked some food over. How many of you helped somebody move? These are the stuff that begins to happen. Remember, the outer circle comes and goes. But once you have this core of these inside people, that those are the people you want to be sure you do what James says. If they get blindsided, guess who's there? You are. If they have some kind of disappointment or hurt, guess who's sitting around the table with them, having coffee and talking to them? You are. See, the expectation now starts to happen where if something happens to you, you're not alone. Why? Because you have this group of people you've invested some of your life in, and there's, there's, an, expe- there's an expectation if something happens to them that you will be there. And you don't want to drop that ball either, friends, because you don't have but very few people in this. The outer circle has a lot of people. This next circle, the relationship specialist, these people who study this stuff, tells us that you will have 5 to 15 people in this middle section. That's in a lifetime. So how many of you already had these kind of people when you were in grammar school? High school? How about college? And you're thinking, I'm already almost through with my group. If you only get 5 to 15, I'm about at the end. Hey, there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. 5 to 15 people. Now, you think about how many that's already happened. See, your life can be fairly barren if you don't negotiate the relationships. When I think back over 35 years of this church, 
I, I, I don't think about, I mean, the, the, some of the things that happen or milestones happen. I think mostly about relationships. I think about groups of folks who we've helped and we've served and we've been a part of. The real, the real meaning and the real essence of doing church is you do it with people. They're, they're the ones who are there. I was in a grease fire back, I think it was 2004, and I had to go to Augusta for a while. And I, I just can't tell you, the, these circles of people, that's, that's where your meaning is. And that's why you nurture them, and that's why they come and go in the outer circle. But friends, when they start to go from this inner circle, this middle circle, rather, that's that, something of enrichment now you have lost. It's this, this stage that loyalty, this stage your tongue and all the other stuff matters a whole lot because you want to be there and you want to show up. So whatever additional costs you got to pay to keep these relationships going, these are the ones you need to focus in on. And you, you need to kind of have an awareness that that ex- one of the reasons I'm delivering this message is because I don't think a lot of people even have an idea this exists. I don't think they understand it, so they don't build their life around it. Because you can't all of a sudden overnight start a relationship. There's got to be some investment in time to really build something together. Now, let's go to the inner circle. The inner circle people. These are ones who are described as extremely rare. There's only a few in this inner circle. And the relational experts tell us, guess how many they tell us are a part of this circle? One to three. One to three people. Some say five. Solomon says one in a thousand. In Ecclesiastes 7, he says, which my soul has repeatedly, he said, but what I found out is one in a thousand who comes to your life may end up being this inner circle person. Now, he wasn't mathematically working out a formula. He just simply said, these guys are rare. How many of you discovered the truth in that? They're rare. But when God gives them, and when they come, and some people ask, well, like, how can you form them? Well, you need, to be, you need to be social. You need to have contact. You need to sit down and eat with people. You need to do stuff. And people have a natural way of God confirming that these are out of circle people for, for at least right now for what? These are inner circle people. This is somebody I want to get to know better. And most people will say, how do you get your, your, your inner core people? And they will say, God has to do it. And I think it's probably true. You can do what you can do, but ultimately, the people that I've had in my life have just been a gift from God. I mean, again, you do your relational stuff. But let's take a look at Jesus, for instance. How did this work out in the life of Jesus? Would you agree with me? that Jesus was the most relationally adept person that ever lived. Would you agree? Would you agree he did it right? Yes, he did. And so if you look at his relational grid and you look at the ones who were in the outer circle, how many do you think that would be with Jesus? We don't know. We know I would think, and my guess would be, it would be hundreds if not thousands because he touched lives. He ministered to people. And maybe may have not sat down and had a cup of coffee with him, but their lives were changed by him. And so his, his outer circle was huge. A lot, a lot of people. When it comes down to the inner circle, now you watch the life of Jesus, he chose how many to be a part of his inner circle? 
12. And 12 people he poured his life into. They ministered to, to thousands, but he poured his life into 12. That's the reason why you, you find, and they touched each other's life. I mean, they, they, their hearts touched. They, they had relationships together. They sat around a campfire. They traveled together. They journeyed together. They knew each other. They could tell you that Pete was a loudmouth. We'll talk about him in a moment, but when he stood up and said, they may forsake you, but I won't, they knew that, Pete, you're lying. We see, we know you. you you're not going to stand the test. They knew each other. But <clears throat> when it comes time now to introduce what we call the Lord's Supper, communion, represents the whole New Testament. You take an element of bread and the wine. This is the, this is the New Testament, he says, and it's sealed in my blood. Okay, I want to introduce this to the church. And it's going to go down through history as a part of church life, communion. So how and when am I going to introduce it? Well, give us a hint of, again, how this works in Luke 22 when he says to his disciples, 12 of them, I have longed to have this meal with you, this communion meal with you, my friends. I've longed for it. He could have, he could have introduced it when he fed the 5,000. He could introduce it any time he wanted to introduce it, but he didn't. He wanted to introduce this communion thing with his 12 friends. So he gathered them around supper, and he introduced and told them about communion. Now, it was there that you know, Peter said, I'm going I'm to go with you all the way, and he didn't. But when that meal was over, the weight of what was happening the next day was on Jesus. And he knew what was coming. He knew about the beatings. He knew about the cross. He, he knew what he was facing. It was no surprise. So he finished that supper. And then he takes the 12 and said, will you guys go with me to pray to the garden? Garden of Gethsemane. So they're going to pray. They get to the garden of Gethsemane. And then Jesus stops. The weight on him. And then he said, I'm going to go a little further in here and pray. And then he asked three of the disciples to go with him. Can I suggest to you those three disciples were his core? Somebody else could say, well, that's not fair. It's fair. You don't choose to be in the circle. God does it or somehow the relationship happens. And it was fair and it was right. But he took them to the next place. This inner circle friends, you need them there with you. I mean, it's what gives life that richness and passion and relationships. They have a special chemistry. And when you go through something like Jesus was about to go through, you just think, I got to have somebody with me. It was true of him. The relationships are there. You don't set goals for this kind of thing. You strive, you pray for it, you believe it, but you don't particularly set goals for it. You know, let me tell you about an, another relationship and it's from the book of Ruth. I'm looking at this scripture up here. See if you heard the scripture from the book of Ruth ever before. It was about a, Ruth and that gal named Naomi. For where you go, I will go. Does that sound like an inner core person? Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, 
and your God, my God, and where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. See, that relationship between these ladies model that. There's another relationship that is in the Bible, and it's interesting because it happened with two men. I don't know about you. Do you find men a little more difficult to relate and get the inner circle than women? Sure, I think that would be the case. I are one, so I think that would be the case. Nevertheless, in the Old Testament, you have a guy named David and Jonathan. Jonathan is the son of the king. David will be the king. He's on his way up. And Jonathan and David, their relationship got so until he had to face the hostility of his family to hang with David. David had to have his life threatened and to stay kind of away in a safe zone to keep from getting killed because he related to Jonathan. But both of them are willing to pay that price. And they paid the price for that relationship to a point where one day Jonathan brought his royal robe and bought his scepter and bought the, all the other royal stuff he had and he laid them at David's feet. It was almost like, I need you to know that you're special in my life and that I value your relationship. It acts as a covenant they cut. And David did the same back to him. Whatever is yours is mine. Whatever is mine is yours. We're in this relationship together. We're inner circle people. I remember two years ago being January that I lost one of my inner circle people. He went to be with the Lord. And the, va the vacuum, these people just play major roles in your life. I mean, they are just kind of part of what makes life happen. And, and you need to nurture those. You almost need to find some way to communicate to them like Jonathan David did. You know, you really are special to me, and, and I value our relationship. It means a lot. I, I, remember, <clears throat> I remember when, for some reason, they, they may have picked it up that I needed it. No one ever said. But I remember it was after a service. When you see me doing these pictures, just, I mean, sliding the paper, you know it's a good thing because I'm not covering that. <laughs> so probably what you ought to do, when you see me do this, you ought to clap. <laughs> more, Pastor, more, more. Come on. No. <clears throat> but I went back to my office, and there were a group of men who had gathered together. And I keep it in my office, and it's written out. And they had written out and said, Mike, we want you to know that we're going to be with you. We know that this may happen, that may happen. They listed the typical things that happen in pastor's life. He said, all that may happen, we want you to know that we're here for you. And we aren't going anywhere. And we're going to be faithful and loyal to you. And they signed their names. I mean, they had it written up as a document and signed their names. And I can't tell you how it felt having that sense that these that folks had committed like this. And a few years go by, and all of a sudden, after service, they got me together again, and they said, we want to re-up. Re and, uh, you know, I keep that thing in my office this day. It's late, right now, it's laying out. I took it out in preparation for this message and just read it. And it said, thank you, God, for providing people like that. 
And when God gives you somebody like that, friends, you you got to have this loyalty thing happening. You, You can't let your tongue mess those things up. If you happen to do something, the Bible talks about being humble and repent. Tell them you're sorry, but maintain and keep that relationship. Let, let me tell you how far this Jonathan David thing went. Tell you how far it went. It went all the way until Jonathan was killed in a battle. David, David becomes king. And David's walking around the palace one day, and here's his thought. I wonder if there's anything, anyone, that is in Jonathan's family that because I'm in covenant, because I'm in this inner circle, with Jonathan that now I can be a blessing to because they're connected to Jonathan. They're connected to me. And so some of his folks came to him and said, there is. There's a a boy, his name is Mephibosheth, and he lives in a place called Lodibar, and he's crippled because the nurse, when he fled Jerusalem, when it was attacked, fell on him, and he crippled his feet. So he's in poverty. He's living in this place the very word loaded bar means barren. He's in a barren place, and all of a sudden, David's got to show up. They bring him to the house of David, and David says, you know, you and, you and your dad, we were in relationship together. I mean, we were loyal to each other. And we, we tested it to the nth degree. When God talked about loving one another and having these relationships, we had it. And I want you to know, that because we had that, you have it too. So that all would be a place at our table for you. He bought a farm and hired people to go work on the farm and gave it to Mephibosheth that would provide it for him. Never another day did he struggle like he struggled because David came into his life. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> what kind of relationship do you have with God? Is it an outer circle relationship? Is it one where you kind of come and go? Or is it you spend time and there's another relationship happening with God? And it's, a, it's much more of this middle circle thing. It really is. You've got some investment in relationships going on with God. Or is it the middle? Or is it the inner core relationship with God? You need to have it with people. But you need to have it with Him too. So, would you bow your heads for a moment? We just think about which is it. Jesus said, "There's no other way to heaven except by me." He said, and what that simply means is this: every one of us needs somebody to take our place. Every one of us needs somebody to cover our sin. And the only person who's perfect to ever have done that is Jesus. That's the reason he's the only one who can forgive us. That's the only reason he can give us fresh and new life. So I want to ask you right now, if you're here and you say, Mike, I, I would like to have this inner circle relationship. Or I'd like to even start my relationship. And you want to pray a prayer to that end. And here are those of you who are online. But you're right where you are, just lift your hand and say, Mike, I want to start my relationship with God today. Just simple as that. I want to start a relationship with God today. Let me see your hands. Would you just lift them? Okay. Online. 
balcony. I don't ask you the congregation. Let's pray this prayer for those who have their hands lifted online or in the auditorium. Lord Jesus, I would like to start a relationship with you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And would you give a guy the hand and lift a hand? You stand with me, if you will. Lord, bless you. Lord, keep you. Lord, cause his face to shine upon you. And I bless you with a wonderful outer circle of friends. I bless you with a good middle circle of friends. And I bless you to have this inner relationship with the people that God brings in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, bless you, God. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.